What a weekend to be an Arsenal fan. Both teams, the men and the women, went up against our banana skins from last season. The men obviously facing City and the women united. Last season, neither teams managed to come away with a single point from their opponents in the league at all. That's zero points from 12 across the board. I'm sure I don't need to go into too much detail <laughs> to remind everyone about the, the heartbreak from the men's game. But for the women, oof, that one was a tough one, tough one to take. So we faced them last season in match day eight. It was in the Emirates. It was the women's first loss there. And that was <laughs> at the hands of an Alessia Russo winner in the 91st minute. That game ended 2-3. And we faced them again on match day 18. United winning 1-0 at home. Thanks to no other than Alessia Russo. A winner in the extra time of first half. All I can say is thank God she's one of us now. And the nightmare is over. Am I right? Both games this weekend, late, late goals meant Arsenal came away with at least some points on the board. Although the women didn't pick up all three points like the men, I think they came away with a really good result. Something that they're going to be able to build on, particularly after that rocky start to the season. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, but welcome back to Ladies in Red, an Arsenal women's podcast. And I just want to thank everyone for the super positive feedback and nice comments that I got off the back of episode one. And thank you all again for joining me on episode two. Obviously, the focus of this episode is going to be that United game, our first away game of the campaign in our new beautiful kit. So without further ado, let's get straight into that. So we were up in Manchester, more specifically in the Lee Sports Village on Friday evening. Um, all the other games on Match Week 2 got underway on Sunday, but because I believe it was due to scheduling that we had to play on the Friday, the game was shown on Sky Sports, things we love to see, can't really complain about that. But off the back of the first results of the season, I do think United definitely were going into this game slightly more confident than we were. Obviously, they finished above us last season as well. They've had a slightly better start. I mean, I don't need to remind us of the points that we dropped against Liverpool on the opening day. United, on the other hand, came away with three points against a 10-women Aston Villa. That was thanks to a 92nd-minute winner from Rachel Williams. The game finished uh, 2-1 in favour of United. And I'm starting to think, really, we only need to watch like the last 20 minutes of games because that's when the action really seems to be happening. <laughs> I mean, the big talking point pre-match was the six changes to the starting eleven that Idavel had selected. Biggest one being obviously D'Angelo in goal for Zinsberger. It's probably easier to go through the players that were left on the bench. These include Buba Moy, Katie McCabe, Lacasse, Manum and Caitlin Ford. They're big names to drop to the bench for a massive game against United in the league. Just going to run through the starting 11 that we fielded on the day. We did stay with that back three. Kudina made her debut. Jen Bishi, Illestadt, uh playing wing backs. We had Katli on the left and then Marit, uh, Marit on the right. Valti and Palova. Delighted to see uh, Palova get a start after a very impressive showing in our opening game. And our front three was very, very interesting. We actually had Kim Little, who normally plays a more conservative midfield role shall we say was playing on the left Russo on the right and we had Blackstinius up front in that number nine role look when I saw that team all I could think I, I don't even know what I thought I just felt shocked some massive massive names like I said Ford Manum McCabe the names that you would associate with being guaranteed starters in this in this squad dropped to the bench I mean obviously something wasn't working in the in the, the first few games of the season that we've seen but I really 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 
thought that was a fearless decision from Idavel. And I think the risks mostly paid off. Uh, the biggest decision, of course, was the goalkeeper. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a hot topic at Arsenal at the moment. Obviously, we see it in the men's game, Ramsdale versus Rea. And it looks like something pretty similar is developing here. Idavel mentioned in his pre-match interview that he didn't see, he didn't really see it as a big deal. And, you know, he would even consider switching goalkeepers mid-game. Now, where have we heard that before? Obviously, Arteta came out and said something similar this season. When asked whether he was taking inspo from the Spaniard, Jonas played it rather coy, as if he'd never heard it before, never heard of that before. I had no idea, but uh, I don't think he's going to be getting an Oscar nomination for that showing anytime soon. Big question is obviously why was Manuela Zinsberger left on the bench? Now, there has been questions regarding her performance as of late. So far, what we've seen from her this season has been rather underwhelming and unconvincing. But what does this come down to? The 27-year-old joined in the 2019-20 season and quickly established herself as our number one. She won in the 2021-22 season. She did pick up the Women's Super League Golden Glove, keeping a pretty impressive 13 uh, clean sheets. She also holds the longest consecutive run without conceding a goal in the league. A grand total of 10 games stretching from the 13th of March 2021 to the 23rd of October 2020, uh, 2022. Look, at the end of the day, I think this boils down to pretty much a lack of confidence. It's been evident since the start of the season, particularly in those games in the Champions League qualifiers. That game against FC Paris stands out to me in particular. Now, there's a few possibilities for this. I think one is maybe the lack of World Cup football that she had. Obviously, Austria failed to qualify. Lack of game time over the summer probably hasn't helped her in terms of form. And a lot of the players who were involved in the competition have garnered a lot of attention. Of course, Mary Earps is one of those players. And to be completely honest, I think the reason for Zinsberger's drop in, in confidence, drop in performance is probably linked to the transfer rumours of Mary Earps joining Arsenal. Now, that talk hasn't really died down. You know, it's still circulating that she's going to join in January before her contract at United runs up next season. You know, that can't have any good impact on her performance and on her confidence as number one. She has to be she has to be feeling the effects of that. And I think that's probably the main reason why we are seeing a very different Zinsberger to what we saw this time last season, for example. If we look at Sabrina D'Angelo, the Canadian keeper came in last January. Um, she's featured very much as a second choice up until this point, but it's hard not to scrutinize this change more than the others, of course, given Zinsberger's poor run of form. You know, but in that heavily rotated side, is it enough to say that she's the new number one D'Angelo? I think it's very, very unlikely, given Idavel's comments and, yeah, of course, the performance on the day. Getting into the game, I thought Arsenal started really, really well. A lot sharper than we've appeared in our previous games this season. A lot of hunger there coming from the players. The change of personnel seemed to be a very good choice. There was a lot more urgency in attack. It seemed to flow a lot better than what we've seen before. Chances very, very early on. And we were able to capitalise in the 14th minute from a superb run from Blackstinius. Uh, Steph Catley was able to pick her on the left-hand side. She had a lot of space and was able to skip past Blundell to slot the ball low into the corner on the far side sending it straight past Earps who could do very little to keep it out very composed finished her position in the first 11 has been questioned since the arrival of Russo but she showed amazing strength and determination to get the Gunners 1-0 up and I think you know from what we've seen from her last season she is a fighting spirit 
always rely on her for a goal or two. Our lead, however, was short-lived with United scoring an equaliser in the 27th minute. A long ball from Gabby George was sent up and what should have been a routine clearance from D'Angelo turned into a nightmare. The Canadian misjudged the ball, completely missing it outside of the box. Completely missing it. Leah Galton was able to run on and tidy up the mess caused by the poor judgment, scoring the equaliser in a cool and calm fashion. It was a gift. She had very little to do. Throughout the game, I thought Iceland did have the better chances, particularly coming from Alessia Russo, who had some really, really good opportunities, particularly in the 80th minute when she was denied by the woodwork. Her shot was inches away and left the goalpost absolutely rattling, but unfortunately did not hit the back of the net. Less than a minute later, United made the most of another sloppy mistake from Arsenal at the back. Now, this time it came from a poor clearance. No one really dealt with the loose ball bubbling around. It wasn't cleared by Beedy. It was then sent back into the box and found debutante Mallard. She was being covered by Ilstadt, but she had very little to fight against and was able to chip the ball over to Angelo to bring the game to 2-1 for the home side. I do personally think Ilstadt could have done a lot better here. She could have gotten anything on it to prevent her getting a touch on it. But look, it was a bit of a domino effect of poor defending that led to the goal being conceded. That being said, all hope was not lost. In the 93rd minute, Wonder sub Lacasse scored an absolutely beautiful strike, which was enough to score us a point. I'm not going to be able to do it any justice trying to describe this goal, but I implore you to watch the highlights if you can, honestly. She picked up the ball a good bit outside the box and did very well to turn, creating a bit of space for herself. Um, and she was able to fire it into the top corner. It was an absolute rocket, honestly stunning strike I think probably going to be one of the contenders for goal of the month and what a way to announce yourself at your new club love to see it so in the end it was 2-2 in Manchester in front of a crowd of 8,312 spectators so what did we learn from this game did this game leave us with more questions than answers Mm, maybe I think it seems as though things are starting to work for us in terms of attack we look a lot more fluid less timid and the players are really starting to take their chances and prove why they should be one of the first names on that team sheet uh, for Jonas Eideveld going forward defensively mm -hmm, yikes there's still a lot that needs to be improved here experienced players made mistakes which cost us three points at the end of the day Look, I don't think there's there's any point blaming one or two players in particular. Overall, defensively, we looked unorganized, unsure, and more often than not, vulnerable. What's the solution? Well, I think the number one question that we have at the moment is goalkeeper. What is the best thing to do going forward? Do we drop D'Angelo now? and risk having two keepers with confidence issues? What does it mean for Zinsberger if she's left on the bench following that underwhelming performance and a crucial mistake from her understudy? Uh, is there an easy option? Is this pretty much what people feared when the ramsdale Raya battle was brought up? For me, the issue starts in front of the keeper. The back three, I'm not a massive fan of this formation, and it really hasn't worked for us. The more we try to chop and change... It's just, it looks unorganized, um, disjointed, and I don't think we're going to get very far. Defences win leagues, and that's what we're going for this year. I personally would like to see Illustat and Beatty start at right uh, centre-back with Katli and Moritz as more traditional full-backs. Valti playing that centre midfield role, I think she could drop a bit deeper and protect that back line. Williamson is going to be, you know, she's a few months away from, from being back fit, so... 
I don't think we can rely on our laurels here and hope that things miraculously improve when she's back in the squad because it's just too far out waiting for her to come back in. So we need to have an option now with the players that are available, fit and available for us now. It is a really great opportunity to players to come in and fight and cement their place in that back four. Let's hope they all come out fighting and it doesn't harm anyone's confidence any further. As things stand defensively, we are about as porous as a sieve. That being said, let's finish on a positive note. Player of the match for me, it had to be Lacasse, saving our asses from an unwanted record. We were on the brink of losing four consecutive WSL, WSL games for the first time in our history. Thank God for that. On Twitter, I saw someone had a very good tweet. When one Canadian slipped, another stepped up. So shout out to Chloe Classe. And yeah, hopefully she gets a few more starts because I think she looks so, so brilliant on that right-hand side. So dangerous. And she showed just how valuable she can be to this team. Elsewhere in the WSL this weekend, I think we have to have a quick look at that um, <laughs> Man City versus Chelsea game. What a game that was. Um Chloe Kelly scored for City in the seventh minute. They went one up, but things did not get any easier for them as the afternoon went on. They had two players sent off for questionable red cards, shall we say. Alex Greenwood in the 38th minute. Uh, she was booked for a second time uh, due to time wasting. And Lauren Hemp in the 81st minute. So down to nine women. Despite that, they were able to hold off against Chelsea's resilient attack up until the 96th minute when uh, Wrighton was able to score and get the equaliser. So that game ended 1-1. It was an insane game. Honestly, I had it on and I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, again, one of those games where the most exciting part happens towards the end. But it was absolutely crazy. I think that's a great result for us, City, Chelsea. Um You know, you would have probably liked to see Man City come away with the three points there just to give us a bit of breeding room from Chelsea but I think overall we can't be too disappointed with that I'd say Chelsea are kicking themselves though because you know you it's not often you have that opportunity against a nine women team a nine men team sounds more normal in this context but nine women team if we're being correct um and they just weren't able to capitalize on it really they did well to come away with one point uh particularly you know on paper it's a tough game away from home but uh I think Man City Man City have a lot of ground to be to be disappointed in those two sending offs for sure. Elsewhere, just to go quickly through the results, Liverpool picked up another impressive three points against Aston Villa. They won 2-0. Leicester City bet Everton 1-0. Spurs won 3-1 against Bristol. And Brighton lost uh, at home to West Ham. Quick look at the table. I mean, it makes for surprising reading, but we're very, very early in. Only two teams have come away with maximum points so far, that being Leicester City women and Liverpool. I don't think anybody would have expected that. City are currently in third with Manchester United just behind them. Chelsea in fifth, Spurs sixth, West Ham seventh, Brighton in eighth place. And then we drop down to Arsenal, the only team in the league with one point. Below us, don't worry, we have Everton, Aston Villa and Bristol all on zero points from two games. And I think we should take an awful lot of confidence from this because Arsenal's next game is against Aston Villa at home in the Emirates on Sunday. So while it is an international break for the men, look, it's a great reason for everyone to tune into the WSL this weekend. There's no excuses really, unless you're you're gripped by the Euro qualifiers. But uh, who is? I don't. I don't think many people are. I love this. Both teams, both Arsenal and Villa, have faced the exact same two teams in their opening games of the season. We obviously had Liverpool at home and United away, and they have faced United at home and Liverpool away. So, 
you know, does that tell us everything we need to know, what we should expect? Absolutely not. It's so unpredictable. Villa, very much like us, have had an unusually rocky start to the season. In terms of trying to predict how the game will go, honestly, there's no point. There's no point trying to predict the team. I'm not going to bother wasting my time. However, in saying that, I do feel like we have enough there. We have enough confidence after the United game uh, to come away with the three points, particularly in a packed Emirates, which is what I'm hoping for. I believe 30,000 tickets have been sold so far and uh, let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. But obviously I will be covering that game next week and anything else that comes up in the meantime. But at the moment, I think that's all I wanted to cover today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Your support is very, very much appreciated. So keep liking, keep sharing, keep doing whatever you need to do. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Thank you so much. Bye. 